This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're dealing with a litany of Japanese ghosts as we're watching spine number 90 in the Criterion Collection, Masaki Kobayashi's Kwaidon from 1965. But first, RJ, I heard mm. you went to the strippers last night. Hey. Maybe. Hey, RJ, I heard you've gone to the strippers twice this week. No, I didn't go last night. Oh. It was only once this week. Okay, just once this week. I was informed that if I was the kind of person that goes twice in a week, (laughs) there wouldn't be a home to come back to. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, which I think is a pretty fair fair way to put it. Um, Both. It was not my idea either time. Uh, I talked out of it yesterday because there was... uh, so my buddy Hot Cam, Disco Cam, all of those, uh, he was here uh, visiting, and he wanted to go to the casino, and he said if we won big, we would uh, use the money at uh, the local strip establishment. Yeah. Uh, but we went to the casino. We both put $50 down at the roulette table. We were out in 10 minutes, and so we said, fuck this place, and we left. <laughs> and we went and we buried our feelings in uh, in drinks instead. So okay. it was still a productive night. Right. But... Uh, we uh, we didn't win, but uh, a couple nights before it was the last sale of the year, and uh, the last sale was actually pretty small, which it usually is, and uh, so it was over at twelve, and uh, then, as is the fashion, we hold an event at the Baylog auction where uh, people can come and you know indulge in a libation or some snacks or you know just relax and breathe easy because uh, about debauchery. Well, that follows, but not always. That's okay. not uh, that's not mandatory mandatory for employees. That's uh, certain employees like to indulge. Right. So, uh, yeah, after long hard go, these guys want to unwind, you know, because the fall is very busy. So uh, we started at like twelve. We were drinking the drinks. Uh, later on in the day, me and a couple of the fellas were playing the cards. We we're playing Stook, which is like blackjack, uh, kinda, but uh, it's just. I think the only difference is uh, how the the pot, the gambling is handled. So, but it's basically blackjack. Uh, and I was coming off high. I was feeling good. I was telling him to hit it, hit it, real loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won. I went in with about twenty bucks, and I came out on the other end with a little over two hundred. So I think I did pretty good. So we were feeling high. So we went to the casino, and I put down fifty bucks on roulette, which is my fashion. And uh, I lost that, so I said, fuck this place. Uh, <laughs> this is prior to last night's fuck this place on roulette. Yeah. yeah. This was, well, see, this is the thing. I didn't want to go to either of these places either time. But uh, I was being driven around because I was, uh, you know, safe driving, Jared. I don't uh, I don't have a couple and get no, behind no, the wheel. None of that drinky driving? Yeah, none of that drinky driving. So I was going where the, uh, the driver willed it. And uh, so I was in a group with these guys and then after the casino they wanted to go to uh, the top hat and so we went there for a while but uh there wasn't a whole lot of action it was a wednesday night at uh 12 30 a.m yeah nothing says so, sexier than wednesday night at the strip bar yeah so as you can imagine there wasn't a whole lot going on uh, we didn't stay very long i talked to one of the waitresses about the food there and whether or not you were allowed to bring in your own food like a sub or chicken fingers um I, it was met with much confusion as to why someone would want to do that. And I I didn't tell her, but I was like, listen, lady, I'm just, I was like, I don't really want to be here. And you're just like lingering around. So I guess I got to talk to you. 
Mm. So like, uh, what kind of food do you got here? Right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, what kind of food do they got? She said she didn't know, which I find to be <laughs> bogus because like, I, I believe it is law that if you serve alcohol, you have to serve food as well. Right. Uh, you have to provide a food option, I think. To a certain time, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Yeah, like up until 11 or something at the very least. But I don't know. This poor lady had no idea what we we're talking about. She's like, hey, I just served the drinks, man. Yeah. I don't know if – she's like, I don't know what goes on in the back. There might be food. There might not be. Yeah, I'm sure there's like some like meatball subs and onion rings to be had. Yeah. No, uh, the uh, New England clam chowder, uh, it's served in a bread bowl because <laughs> after you eat the bowl – because that's what you want to do in that place. But, uh, yeah, so then we bounced around a little bit more. I came home. Uh, my clothes went right into the wash, and uh, I got right in the shower because uh, <laughs> this place has grossed me out so much, and I don't like being there, and I don't want that shit in my house, Jared. Yeah. I don't play like that. But, uh, yeah, I went out last night. I thought I was going to um, – we were going to hit it a little harder than we did, but uh, we did good enough. That's good. We did good enough. So I'm not, uh, I'm not as – premium as i thought i would be today so we might actually have a show wow great uh i guess my my lingering question is why is cam hot hot cam yeah okay well he goes by a few mon or a few different uh names disco cam is a popular one hot cam is another there was a time when uh he was a ta and uh the university of lethbridge has like a confessions page where you can like anonymously post stuff Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was a TA, there was a bunch of postings about the hot TA. And uh, then some uh, some people, there was a girl who was actually another TA. She started calling him hot cam, but like she meant it. And uh, it really like, like not like weirded him out, but he was like, leave me alone. That's pretty, so, that, that sure sounds like he was weirded out. Yeah, he was like, leave me alone. Uh, so we call him hot cam. Uh, you don't mind though. Yeah. It's not because we just mean it as a joke, and we're only gonna kind of get him. So I see. Well, does it? Does he live up to his moniker? Is he hot? Yeah, he's a pretty good looking guy. There yeah. you go. He, he dresses pretty nice. He does squats. Oh yeah. So you know, you know what that's all about. Thick. Thick. With two C's. Thick. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I haven't gotten into too much trouble this year. Uh, I have another friend who wants to meet up next week, so oh. that's. That would likely be the bad one. Oh, well, so we'll we'll see how that goes. The, the year is young. There's still a week <laughs> to go. So, yeah, that that one would uh, if there was any of them that would be bad, it would be that one. So we'll mm. see. Okay. I'll let you know. Okay. Is yeah, it, what are you What are you doing other than uh, making people drive you around, doing last minute Christmas shopping, and <laughs> basically just ruining people's days, dealing traffic and failing failing those. to find things? Uh, not much. Uh, had some Vietnamese last night to mm-hmm. start off the holiday season. That was great, as always. Noodleable? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Get that vermicelli, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, then watch some movies, which we'll talk about here quickly. Uh, we don't talk about movies on this show. That's true. We talk about strippers. <laughs> but, hey, RJ, we got an email. Really? Yeah. From who? From Mr. Joshua Frazier. Ah. He, got, he got back to us finally about my open call about information about the South African film industry. 
Oh, we, wow. We, I know we've all been dying to hear back about this because uh, Google's been broken. We couldn't look it up ourselves. Uh, well, you asked. So we, I know. Exactly. That's, exactly, that's why I asked because mm-hmm. the internet doesn't work anymore. Uh, so Josh writes, hey, guys. Sorry for the rate list. Rate list. Late response to Jarrett's question about the South African film industry. The short answer is, it sucks. Even though there seemed to be a bit of hope after Suitsi and Yesterday, both being nominated for Oscars for Best Foreign Language Film, and a bit later District 9 and Invictus coming out, Mm -hmm. even though they always felt more like Hollywood films, there isn't much of interest going on at the moment. The main studio is uh, Kicknet, uh, which either Mm -hmm. makes terrible comedies like the Bugatti Trilogy, Mama Jack, and Mr. Bones. There are many more of them, and they are all awful, and none of them are worth watching. Uh, that's that sounds Mr. like Mr. Bones sounds cool. It's got potential. He's got links here. We can check it I out. I don't uh, know what it's about, but I, I'm going to watch Mr. Bones. Look it up. Uh, the studio Bones also up. makes forgettable dramas and romantic comedies, but they aren't even worth mentioning. There is something of an indie scene with the Durban Durban maybe uh, film festival and the Johannesburg mm-hmm. Film Festival encouraging an emerging indie scene but it's not really successful because none of those films will ever make money because people will rather just watch American films or the terrible Africana or Africans comedies. If you want to see anything, watch uh, Suitsi yesterday and E. Lollipop and then don't go any further. Kind regards. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Uh, that sounds like pretty well the Canadian scene. Uh, it's It's... No, no money and lack of audience, and it's not growing anytime soon. And you hope that somebody like does something that cracks through, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like it's probably quite small, like the Canadian one. Cool. Well, um, I have a few things to say. Yes, uh, this Mr. Bones movie is South Africa's all-time number one film. Laugh till your bones hurt. Uh, this movie looks amazing. With Mr. Leon Schuster, there's a Mr. Bones 2, uh, Back from the Past, which looks equally good. So I don't know what this Josh Frazier guy is talking about. These movies look awesome. <laughs> so, Mama well, J- we'll see. Yeah, well, you uh, you get you you find copies and you watch them. I'll find a copy of Mr. Bones. Don't think I won't do it. I dare you. You better. You gotta till next year. Till next year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out, and then I can call. Uh, I can see if Josh Fraser is uh, on the level or not. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, RJ. Yo. <laughs> what you been creeping on this week? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing good, man. <laughs> um, I just have a few, and uh, I don't have a lot to talk about this week. Yeah. Um, well, there's the one. My, th- my nights have been filled with drinking. Yeah, so. there was the one holdover that you were saving, yeah, I think. Yeah, I do have that. Yeah. I can talk about that. Um. So last week we talked about that original Star Wars. Yeah. So uh, you wouldn't do it with me, even though I begged and pleaded. Uh, I'm I'm so nice to Jared all the time, and he's nothing but rude to me. Uh, but he wouldn't watch those prequels with me this week, which I find disappointing. Uh, so me and Andrea watched the uh, the prequels, and um, they're not good. <laughs> but I mean that's not news. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, there was like. Like, so she kind of vaguely remembered Phantom Menace because I think, because I, I said before, like, we were kids when it came out. So we saw it in the theater a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So we went. Uh, so she kind of remembered that. And she was like, all right. She's like, this kind of a kid's movie, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, it is. She's like, I see why I liked this when I was eight or nine. I was like, yep. And then we get into Attack of the Clones, which is probably the worst one. But we'll wait until we, we go see uh, the new one to make that decision. 
Uh, Attack of the Clones is really bad. About an hour in, she looked at me. She's like, how much is left? I pulled it up. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, we got an hour and a half left. She's like, oh, my God. Is that really just is like, this really two and a half hours long? It's 220, I think. Okay. Yeah, they're all, I think they're all 220. Oh. Maybe not Phantom Menace, but the two and three are. <laughs> so she's just like, Jesus. And like, as soon as we were wrapping up Attack of the Clones, and she was just like, man, these movies aren't good, hey? And I was like, no, not really. Mm. So, uh, but uh, there was a little redemption uh, in Revenge of the Sith, which is uh, the best, I guess, um, if you can say say that, the best of the worst. Yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, I actually enjoy watching Revenge of the Sith. It's kind of fun. That one just be- seems to be the most, like, best of the three, people would say. Like, as far yeah. as, like... It's got some moments that are okay. It's got some great moments. Specifically, it's it's mostly just the Emperor. Yeah. Like, because he's super cool in it. But, uh, like, no, I don't know. Like, there's some there's some and, fun and, stuff and there. And Senator Jar Jar? Senator Jar Jar, he's fine. He's in it for, like, a second. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's all the Emperor stuff. That's all wicked good. Um, I don't know. Three's not bad. I would watch... Uh, I would say if anyone was ever going to watch any of them again, just watch three. Do, do you remember, like, when Revenge of the Sith came out, there was, like, all the talk of, like, the uh, parallels to the uh, Bush administration? Oh, God. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't remember, but uh, I don't care. It, yeah. It sounds horrible. Uh, I, I will never forget that. Like, oh, you know, maybe it's got really good points to make it. Like, no, it doesn't. It's fucking yeah. Star Wars. It's just, it doesn't, well, there's no points to be made. It's cartoonish and dumb. But yeah. And that's its strengths when it's good. But and it's horrible when they try to go beyond that, I think. I think people like often uh. say that it's because it's dark and gritty. Because uh, Anakin's killing all the younglings all the time yeah, in that movie. Yeah, he sure does. But uh, that's like that part's... Like I, it's a good scene, not but that's all. not what I what I like the most out of it. It's just all the goofy shit in it, where Emperor's like no, no, and he's like all crinkly and stuff, and he's like f- flying around the room fighting Samuel Jackson. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So nope. that stuff's wicked good. And so. and of course. That one's good too. Yeah. I like the emperors more because it's super silly. It's just no. It's like, why do you talk like that? Well, did, did, were you uh, around RJ on the internet to remember uh, "You're the Man Now, Dog"? No. You're the man now, dog. Oh, okay. I'll have to send that to you. Uh, okay. they, 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 it was like what people used before, like I guess YouTube was like a thing, uh-huh. and you could just like, okay. hey, here's a clip that's funny. This was like uploading audio clips with a still image and just, mm-hmm. you, it just loop, you go to a website and it just loops the audio over and over and over again that was how okay. we communicated back in the mid 2000s through looping audio uh, but yeah there was that and fuck that thing still makes me so happy in my life yeah <laughs> yeah it's good so I would say like honestly three, three is pretty fun to watch like it's I was enjoyed watching it or I enjoyed watching it the whole time, so okay. check it out if you want. Um, it's still bad, though. Yeah, like it's not like it's. Not, <laughs> you're not gonna like just, come just, away from just, it. Just, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that really just, changed. Just to me. make sure, it's like, hey, that movie's still it's still bad, but it's like watchably yeah. bad. Uh, the other yeah, two it's, are just it's like watchably bad. Li- like your drives, your life is draining away watching the other ones. Which is why RJ, I didn't watch them. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to watch um, Force Awakens again. 
Because uh, I think I like Revenge of the Sith more than Force Awakens. Yeah, you know, I've seen people say that. Well, and uh, I think we both have to watch that Rogue One. Eh, yeah, I guess. But that's uh, that's talk for another day. Indeed. Uh, so I actually only have one creep. Uh, I got a holiday uh, Christmas horror movie in. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, it's called Home for the Holidays. Uh, it's from 1972. Whoa. From Mr. John Llewellyn Moxley. Whoa, uh, the, man. I love that guy. Yeah. The uh, the infamous uh, director of City of the Dead, a.k.a. Horror Hotel, which... Uh, if people were listening to our ghoul schools last year, was one of my favorites of the year, Horror Hotel. Uh, so I saw this, and I was like, uh, I saw that it was a Christmas horror movie, and I was like, cool. And it's got a pretty cool poster. It's hard to, like, tell in the poster, but it's it's like a person wearing a raincoat with a pitchfork. And it's like a murder mystery. You never know who it is. Mm-hmm. So this movie, Jared, uh, there is a real old man, and he has four daughters. And they're all estranged because he pissed them all off for various reasons. One one of the daughters is a booze hound addicted to pills, all that stuff. So he uh, yelled at her or something. She left. One of the daughters is like an intellect and she left. One of the daughters is a uh, young Sally Field and she's just really young. Uh, and then uh, Jessica Walter from Arrested Development. She's in here too, which is pretty neat. So this old guy calls uh, his four daughters back. He's like, I know you don't like me, but you got to come home. My uh, new wife is poisoning me. She's trying to kill me. And uh, they're like, all right. So they come home and they're like, we don't believe you. And he's like, no, that bitch is crazy. She's po- she's killing me. <laughs> she's killing me. And uh, so they like don't believe him. But uh, the movie is just like them kind of talking with each other and wondering whether or not like it's actually happening. Uh, and I really like the premise for this movie. I think it's really good. And there's a couple cool scenes. But uh Man, this movie's pretty boring. Mm. It's pretty. It gets it gets a little dull. Even like later on, like someone actually starts killing people, and uh, even that's kind of uninteresting. Like, I don't know. It was okay. This movie's only seventy minutes long, mm. and uh, you can watch it for free on YouTube. So uh, I got what uh, I paid for. Yep. Um, it's okay, man. I like I said. I think the the premise is really cool, but. Uh, there's not too much gumption to it. It's a TV movie, by the way. A made-for-TV movie from 1972. That's the that's the golden age of... Golden age. Which it should have been, but this clearly yeah. is a chink in that armor. It's it's okay. It's just like... I don't... I, I wouldn't ever tell anyone to watch it unless they were really like, hey, I'm looking for like a dramatic horror movie from the 70s that's also Christmas-related. <laughs> and then you'd be like, oh, man, do I got the movie for you. Yeah, I mean, people could just watch the, uh, I think it's the Tales, of the Tales from the Crypt movie, the British one, mm-hmm. that's got, like, the, the Santa Claus st- short story in it. You'd probably just watch that instead. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. So, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Um, um, that's all I got, but, uh, you know, it's Christmas time. Yeah. C- Christmas. I'm busy. I got uh, Christmas is here. I got Christmas is there. Everywhere. Coming out of your ass. Coming out of my ass, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I watched a couple of Christmas horror movies as well. Uh, oh. So, uh, first up, I'll mention is uh, Initiation, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. 
Oh, God. Uh, I've been watching uh, one or two of these every year the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, left off on three, so here we are with four. This one, I guess, like, I was maybe looking forward to because it was also directed by Brian Yesna, uh, who, again, uh, if you listen to our ghoul schools, uh, we're fans of uh, here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always works with that Screaming Mad George who does like nice. cra- crazy good special effects. And mm-hmm. he also worked on this movie. Um, however, his work seems to be like really buried amongst like a lot of boring witch stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so this movie is about a uh, woman that like is set on fire and jumps off of a building and her body's found. Mm. There's lots of footage of this like bad puppet thing that's been half burnt like cartoonishly like where it's like the, the whole bottom half is just like charred legs and the top is just mm-hmm. like a distorted like Muppet face um, nice. and then the witness to this was Clint Howard uh, playing a hobo I love Clint Howard indeed uh, so <laughs> the movie just follows like this scrappy young woman who wants to be a journalist working for this like sleazy tabloid in Los Angeles but they, the, the the men in charge just won't give her a break they won't let her just do her job and uh, so she starts kind of uh, going out on her own to try to gather uh, interviews and a story mm-hmm. to put together about this suicide this strange suicide and then she of course like the, the building that this woman jumped off of is above this bookstore run by a mm-hmm. bunch of women RJ and they, they have that, that sort of feminist vibe to them. But we all know, if, oh. you, if, if you've seen uh, Cop starring James Woods, that uh, w- women who own bookstores are feminists and maybe have like are kind of kooky and a little off. All I can – sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but all I can picture is – did you ever watch Portlandia? Oh, fuck. Uh, yes. I, I, With I, Fred Armisen yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, what's her name? Yes, yeah. All, it, all I can think of when you say that is that skit where they have the bookstore and they're like – Fred Armisen is a woman. He's yep. like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a trope. It's, is it like that? Uh, not quite. Um, okay. so this is like, this tries to lay down some like sexy lesbian vibes. Like, Ugh. it's like this journalist, she's like just getting hit on full on by this other woman. You're like, well, that's kind of weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If, I, I don't think women actually act this way toward one another. Like, so bluntly, like. They might. In, you in, don't in know. The, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Um <laughs> So anyway, but so they're witches. They're 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 mm-hmm. ba- they're bad women trying to like create a sacrifice and bring like out the devil and like via mm-hmm. a giant giant cockroach. There's there's cockroaches, RJ. So mm-hmm. that might trigger mm-hmm. you. I don't know. No, I hate bugs. Yeah, fuck them. So, so there's some pretty cool. There's like that's like the best part, I guess, of this is like there's some good like good cockroach effects and like giant monster cockroaches coming out of mm. someone's mouth. I, but, that's gross. Uh, but for the most part, this is a slog. Uh, yeah. it's like none of the actors have any like charisma or personality to draw you in. Mm. It's just like a, almost like a Rosemary's baby, but like done badly. Um, right. cause she's like, what's going on? And then people keep giving her pills. Like it's <laughs> ju- it is just Rosemary's baby, but splashes of society where she's like kind of hallucinating mm. that she's like fusing into like a cockroach herself and just lots of dream sequences. The best parts are when uh, Clint Howard is revealed to be like a murder hobo instead of just a regular hobo, uh, being mm-hmm. sick, who's being controlled by the this witch's coven. 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 Uh, coven. Learn how to talk. Co- coven. Coven. Reach a coven. Co- co- coven. Uh huh. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a bit where uh, the one male journalist and the lady journalist they're banging in the bed, 
And uh, mm. then murder hobo Clint Howard just like walks in and starts watching TV while they're like just there. And then they realize he's there. Uh, and then bad shit goes down. That sounds awesome. Yeah, no, there's a really good bit that's like uh, the highlight of the movie is she's kind of like hiding under the bed while her like boyfriend is fighting Clint Howard. And what happens mm-hmm. is you just see like the, their feet and then you start hearing this like stabbing sound and the uh, the boyfriend screaming and blood just running down his feet. And, and nice. you, it's like, it's really, it's like, oh, that's kind of creepy. That's like, uh, that's a nice bit. But other than that, it's like, no. Yeah, this I just had this kind of on while I was doing other things by the end, and I was just like, "Yup." And then it has like an mm-hmm. abrupt ending, and you're just like, "Who cares?" Hmm. Uh, and then my other Christmas horror movie was Jack Frost. Uh, oh, nice. Yes. Um, I bought this Blu-ray uh, because it has a lenticular cover. Uh huh. I'm not proud of myself because I knew yeah. going in that this movie was bad. And mm-hmm. I remember this being at the video store back in like 1997, and it had a lenticular VHS cover of like a smiley Santa Claus to an evil Santa, or sorry, Santa Claus snowman, a pleasant snowman to evil snowman. Hmm. Uh, and I was always like, hmm. And then like whatever it was, like a year or so later, there was the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie that came out, which is about a divorced dad <laughs> who die or who dies. He's a dead dad. Who the Michael like, Keaton one? Yeah. Yeah, that movie's awesome. Yeah, so there's that. This is like, it's, but they both have the same title and are both snow, yeah. both snowmen men. Mm. Um, this one's about a serial killer who, uh, on his way to be transported to be executed, uh, the the vehicle crashes with another vehicle uh, traveling with like chemicals, experimental mm-hmm. genetic chemicals, and it, they fuse with him and he winds up in a snow pile and he becomes a snowman. It all makes a lot of sense. You just have to know about your sciences. Um, oh, uh-huh. but so, but so now you have a serial killer snowman who's on the hunt and he happens to just happen to, uh, the crash happens outside of the town where he was arrested by the sheriff that, of that town called Snowmanton. No, come on. And Snowmanton has an annual, uh, snowman contest that's happening at that very moment and but this is this is all very strange because it's very clear that it really isn't winter uh in this town like there's like no snow but they have like all this like fake flowery snow everywhere um yep uh shannon elizabeth is in this movie i think that's like maybe why Aww. some people watched this back in the day per, uh after that american pie came out uh yeah um, do you feel bad for her when you watch it no, she. I mean, what else has she done with her life? I don't even know. I'm sure she's, um, she was naked in that movie American Pie that you brought up yeah. just now. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, <laughs> she's like what forty something now. I don't know if she's like done much. Her whole deal is like, hey, I'm really hot. Like that's that's nice. That's that's all she is. She gets mm. she gets like I guess the suggestion the suggestion in the movie is that she gets like fucked to death by the snowman in the shower. Good lord. Yeah. This this snowman RJ, it's like clearly a like a uh, a suit. It's like a plushy suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, God, there's so many I'm... there's so many quips in this movie, and they're bad. Like they're not even like that's hilariously bad. They're just like oh, mm-hmm. like, fuck off. Like come on, this is brutal. Um, I don't know. It it kind of reminds me of um, oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, who directs like uh, Night Beast? Uh. Yeah, Don, Night Beast. Yeah, Don Dole or Don, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it movie's kind of like that, but it's stripped out of any of the charm of uh, uh. Dole stuff, 
which is like yeah. kind of, it has like a, a seriousness because this is much more in the camp line, mm-hmm. where it's like oh, we're in on the joke. <laughs> isn't that isn't this stupid? And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. Anyone can make something really dumb, I guess, but to do it well is another thing. It's not just like good enough to be bad. Just like this podcast. Like this podcast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Jack Frost. I I got exactly what I deserved. Is what I'll yeah. say about that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess like they, they put a little bit of effort into the special effects and stuff like that. Like a little bit. No, don't. People being stabbed. Don't with, justify people it. People being stabbed through icicles. Um. Don't try to rationalize this horrible movie that you bought because of the ventricular cover. Yep. I wanted that yep. lentic- Well, and of course, uh, speaking of Clint Howard, I now also have in my possession Ice Cream Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Which was like a, which came out a couple years earlier, which is another one of these like straight to video campy uh, mm-hmm. serial ki- like slasher movies that came out with Clint Howard as Ice Cream Man. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching that because apparently that was directed by some like director whose only other rep is making gay porn. So I'm mm-hmm. sure he's gonna really bring it cinematically to uh, this uh, slasher piece of shit. What's wrong with me? Um, How much time do you have? take Uh, that jerry hey rj uh i've been watching bitcoins documentaries (laughs) no (laughs) i won't i won't get into them too much all i all i will say is uh it is like definitely a pyramid scheme a ponzi scheme whatever it's and there's gonna be people who are going to jail one day about this stuff Mm because uh if it's like too good to be true it probably is uh uh, I don't like Bitcoin. I don't like the internet, Jarrett. There, there, there's a really good like quote in this. Uh, there, there's like interviewing some woman on the street or some guy. One of these like these Bitcoin people are like, "Hey, you, you want interest in Bitcoin?" This woman's like, "No, I don't want any Bitcoins." It's <laughs> 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 like it's so because subtitle too. Mm-hmm. Cause, like it was like out in the street, and you couldn't hear her, but I just burst out laughing. She's like, "I don't want any Bitcoins." <laughs> it's like, yeah, Most I'm people, with her. I don't know who. What, oh, it's these people. Anyways. These people. These people. Uh, there's the, yeah. the, the two I watched was uh, one called The Rise and Rise of Bitcoin, which is from 2014. Mm-hmm. And then I followed, that was just on Vimeo. And the second one I watched was Banking on Bitcoin, which is on Netflix, at least in Canada right now. Mm. And it's like well, two years later, uh, it's set. So it's like a year before now where like the prices are even more ridiculous. But you get a, right. a, a picture of all the players. Uh, the second one definitely is not as good in the sense of like explaining what it is. I had a much better sense of Bitcoin from watching the first one, mm-hmm. but it's like, Oh, it's the same players. It's the same people talking over and over again. And, uh, with the second one, two years later, you can see they've been polishing up their like sales pitches and mm-hmm. like the language around it is changing to try to like sell people on it. It's really kind of fascinating to watch the evolution of trying to talk people in, into investing in this mm-hmm. platform. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not going to end well, man. I, that's my prediction here at the end of 2017. Uh, it might not be to mm-hmm. next year, but it'll be interesting, I guess. But or not, or completely uninteresting. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I watched those things. Just wanted to throw that out there. So hey, if you want to email us and talk about bitcoins, be well, you're welcome to. I I kind of know something about it. RJ if, still doesn't care. <laughs> if you want to email us and. Ex- 
to say not to talk about bitcoins i think that's fun too i think this is literally the last time bitcoins will ever be brought up on the criterion coops podcast this is just like when you all that harvey weinstein stuff it wouldn't go away and we had to talk about it for like weeks and weeks and here you are talking about it exactly Um, yeah animal yeah animal i watched two new movies rj okay lay it on me dog the Meyerowitz stories, new and selected. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the new Noah Baumbach. Uh, that mm-hmm. was, I guess, co-produced by Netflix. Uh, it's been on my radar. It came out. Mm-hmm. I heard, I've heard like good to like really good things about it. Uh, I like yep. that Noah Baumbach. I realize I've seen mm-hmm. like pretty well everything he's done except for uh, Mistress America, which I found out is also on Netflix. So I better get nice. that down. Um, so this is a movie starring Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler, Dustin uh-huh. Hansi Hoffman, and uh, and I and the hilarious thing is that I was going to complain about how I'm like they don't really give much uh, time to the sister in this movie, but I remember her name. Uh, mm. It's and it's this woman that like I've seen a few movies with her in it, and I'm like I have no idea what they are. Like like I have no idea who yeah. she is. She's like she's like pretty like. Bang, like she's got bangs and like big thick glasses on, so you can't really recognize her. Uh, Elizabeth Marvel is in this, mm. and Emma Thompson, Grace Van Patten, Candace Bergen, Adam Driver for mm. like for like a, for like for like a minute. Uh, yeah. This is a story of just like uh, this uh, New York dysfunctional family, so it's very fresh, mm-hmm. um, and just days in their lives as. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's character is like a lifelong sculpture professor at a university in the area. He's he never had much of a career, but he talks big, and uh, he treats his kids shittily. Like just he's just like a blowhard dad, and mm-hmm. uh, he has uh, a swelling on his head, and he goes into the hospital, and this brings the family together to figure out why they're so messed up. Adam Sandler, guess what, RJ. Adam Sandler has anger issues and gets really angry. Really? Out, out, Does he need violent outbursts? It's Does his, he possibly need anger management? Well, he got that already with Jack mm. Nicholson. Um, I see. And then, uh, yeah, that's like his shtick. Is he gets angry. Uh, in this, he's rocking this like really hideous mustache and mm-hmm. uh, bad leather jacket, tucked in shirts into shorts, and he's got a really bad limp. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like he was like a stay at home dad. And now he's divorced and his daughter's going to college and she makes mm. like weird sex art videos. Uh, ben Stiller be- just became sort of like a investment man. He's an accountant. Mm-hmm. He's very successful. He's kind of abandoned the whole like art style, like the art yeah. world thing that I'm sure his father had in his mind for him. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's just like it's exactly what you expect from Noah Baumbach. Uh, it's not, it's definitely not amongst my favorites of his. I think it's, yeah. like, it's fine. It's good. It's your, uh, you'll, you'll probably like it if you like Noah Baumbach. But, uh, for me, uh, Greenberg's like so good in like, uh, I think it's the best movie he's made at this point. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched Squid and the Whale. I've seen some people like kind of like splitting hairs about which is his best, which, which one is, I don't know. It's all preference. Uh, you can't yeah. go, you can't, generally you can't go wrong with this dude. I liked everything. Mm-hmm. I have to watch that Mistress America though. I haven't heard really much about that movie though, either. So maybe that one's mm-hmm. like, there's a reason. Cause I, I don't, did you ever watch like much, much bomb back in your day? I've seen enough. I think Margo at the wedding. That's sort of, uh, yeah, no. I don't think that, that one's like kind of uh pre, 
because like his like whole thing was he got on with uh, Wes Anderson. Yeah, and they did yeah. that. They did that Life Aquatic and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, uh, and then he's got his own thing going on. Um, I and, can't wait until he directs the next Star Wars movie. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I don't know if that that phone is ringing from Disney uh, about that, but you never. That's know. That's probably okay. That's I'm fine with that. Yeah. So yeah, it was. It's good. It's not bad. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, if you got it, it doesn't cost you anything. Um, but RJ, I watched mm. uh, a contest, a contestant, a uh, strong contest contender for best film of the year. <gasps> What'd you watch? Uh, I watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Hey, how did you watch that movie? <laughs> uh, I have studio connections, RJ. <laughs> I was going to say, I I believe I have that pre-ordered on Amazon, but I don't think as, it's shipping as, for a as, month or two. Yeah, I, I also have it pre-ordered. Ah, so yeah. you're saying that everything equals out then. Mm-hmm. Quid pro quo, huh? That's right. Okay. I wanted to be part of the conversation, RJ. Just like hey, with, you know Just what? like with Last Jedi. You remember yesterday when you're like, what was that movie you borrowed from me that you had to watch and then you never watched it? Yeah. It was Dogtooth. Yeah, you bitch. I remember now. <laughs> you see? Okay, I'll watch it this that, week. That's what it was. I remember like looking yeah. at over uh, Yorgo's movies, and I was like, RJ still has Dogtooth, and I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. You, you had to borrow it. You had to watch it. Yeah, but I missed it because I tried to watch it one night, and it didn't work, and so I... Nerd. Doesn't matter. But anyways, okay, so you watched, you watched this movie from Legal Means, and you liked it. 100% Legal okay. Means. Uh, and yeah. Talk about it briefly, because yeah, I don't well, want you spoiling it for no, me. Well... Yeah, I won't get into it too much because part of it is not really knowing much about it. Right. So this is a story. Have you seen the trailer? Mm-mm. Oh. I've just seen that thing they play before movies where Nicole Kidman's like, yeah, I'm really good at uh, reading my lines. And everyone's always like, wow, Nicole, you're so good at this job that you do. It's really <laughs> weird. It's really off-putting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so this is uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's new movie, Greek Sensation, who is taking mm-hmm. over the indie nation. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this is maybe his best movie so far, arguably. Mm-hmm. I could say it's a movie that it's you. You either like it or you mm-hmm. like are going to hate this shit. Like you, I don't know. It's very Kubricky. It's very Michael yeah, Haneke. Uh, but it, that's fine. Those are all. There's, there's, those are good things to be. I think as long as you like, kind of do your own thing, and I think he does. There's like, he gets some strange performances out of his actors. Uh, they're kind of doing this strange delivery style that is not naturalistic at all, mm-hmm. but it works. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's a dark comedy about a doctor who has to make a decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and things just play out from there. Uh, it's it's pretty well what the story is like. Like it's like without like you having seen it, it's like difficult to talk about. But I think mm-hmm. if you get the opportunity to watch Killing a Sacred Deer, people should definitely take it because you're either gonna hate it or not or love it. I think uh, it's like the you're so vague. The, I have to be. Well, I don't want to ruin it for you, right? <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, you like you liked cli- it. I yeah, I I quite liked it. I think I I I so if I get the opportunity to watch this in theater, I am going to go. I, 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 which is a, not a, a sensation I generally have, where like if I watch mm-hmm. something 
through legitimate means uh, before yeah. I could see it in the theater, I'll be like, I want to see this in the theater so bad because I think it'll play differently, especially mm-hmm. with an audience that will probably get up and leave at some point because they'll just mm. be they'll probably just be mad that something like this exists because like why do people even talk about this? It's 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 exactly that type of movie that just I see gets mad, people mad. Why is this critically acclaimed? It's fucking stupid. That's the type of deal was and it's kind of funny because this movie when it when i'm looking through my letterbox people who are like early adopters who got to see it at screenings and stuff like that they seem to be like coming down on it because it's too pretentious and they wanted to be ahead of they they wanted to be able to reject it before anyone else could see it and they wanted to be ahead Mm. of the curve of hating on it but then like as people have seen it since they're like whoa that movie's like really interesting um Mm -hmm. because it's just it's it's an unusual movie it doesn't feel like any other thing anything else um but I don't know. It's it's good. <laughs> mm. it, th- yeah, I don't even want to say any more about it because it's got some visuals in it that I think are just like so great. And I was like, holy crap. I'm so glad mm-hmm. that none of this has been spoiled for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So keep it that way. I will continue to keep it that way. Yeah. I will watch I will watch it uh, when my legal physical purchase arrives mm-hmm. in the mail. Right. Okay. Excellent. Well, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe in the meantime, I'll watch that dog tooth. I don't know. I might just keep all the stuff you lend me. You, you've seen Lobster, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like Lobster. Uh, I know people who really didn't like Lobster. It's same deal. Uh, and uh, I remember one time Andrea was saying, she's like, have you heard of this movie called The Lobster? People at work were talking about it. They said it's supposed to be a comedy. And I was like, oh, God. I was like... I was like, maybe a black comedy. I don't know. Oh, it's, you, know it, you, you can find some yeah. humor in it, but I, I know the people she works with, and I was like, I don't know if they would think it was funny. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe her, one or two of them. Her, no. She, come on. She works in the arts. They're, yeah. They're, they're all, I'm not sure who. You don't think that movie's too like depressing? No, it's it's a dark, it's dark. It's a dark comedy. I'm not sure how Andy rolls with that sort of subversive stuff. Well, she would like almost all of it except for when that dog gets uh, kicked to death. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, see, I never forget. <laughs> I never forget. But, yeah, I like that movie. Right. I like Colin Farrell. I feel like he uh, doesn't get as much credit as he should. Well, he he was a dickhead, I think, is part of his yeah. thing. Because like, he, he became a big star, like, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And everyone suddenly was, like, talking about him, like, in the, like, Brad Pitt sort of way. But he hadn't yeah. done anything that really deserved that level of praise he was getting i don't believe sure. um but yeah then i feel like th- his last two years have been really good after his like after he went through his like young 20 year old asshole phase i'm like i'm assuming he was that young being uh being in the media and just like being stupid but that's what mm-hmm. young men kind of do sometimes is um, what young men do yeah i mean it doesn't excuse it but that's kind of how, that's the arc i see uh, anyway, so yeah, Killing of Sacred Deer, Ace, it's up there. I mean, but you still have nice. to watch like lots of stuff from this year. You haven't seen Blade Runner. You haven't seen Mother. Like, like well, what, when, do you, when, do are you, you getting, even like movies? Not really. Uh, do you, are you getting physical copies of both of those? Uh, I've got, I'm waiting to, for my mother to ship to me. Uh, it came out a week ago. I didn't even notice it actually yesterday when we went to the store. Um, Why don't you lend it to me once you get it and then sure. I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how's that how's yeah. that for a how, how th- are those apples uh yeah, how, are th- how are them apples that's fine uh yeah blade yeah. runner you're on your own though dude do i want to buy that though yeah why not just, just do it be a man fuck all right what else you got 
Uh, that's it for movies. All right. I, then I watched like you know Charlie Brown's Christmas. I watched the like 1992 like sequel to It's Christmas Charlie Brown. That thing sucked. I hated yep. it. Oh, it's so ugly. 90s animation, American animation. Oh, mm-hmm. just even though supposedly Charles Schultz was involved with it too, it's just like eh, this. Oh. This is garbage. The music was like 90s fied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no thanks. So that stunk. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Hey RJ, got any news for us? Um, not really news. This is kind of, I think people heard this along, or suspected this. Looks, this? Uh, Mad Max sequel delayed indefinitely due to legal dispute. Oh. I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, George Miller? I think yeah. he's suing, uh, what is it, Warner Brothers Universal? Because he didn't get paid enough for Fury Road. Ooh, that sucks. So, um, I, I doubt it ever comes now. Yeah. Because he, he wants more money, and they don't want to give him any more money. Yeah. That's... Anyways. It's unfortunate. They should pay him. They should just pay him then. They should. Uh, What's well, my, your news? So my news is more of like a response to the reviews and whatnot of uh, Netflix's release of Bright. Um, so so anyway, uh, my first encounter with Bright was like a couple months ago while watching some UFC, I saw some mm-hmm. ads for something called Bright. And it's like this Will Smith thing where he's a cop. And then suddenly out of nowhere, he's like hanging out with orcs. And then there's elves. <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like, "Is this is alienation, but like the fantasy version of it. Like That's mm-hmm. all it is. And I thought it was a TV show. And I was like, well, that's kind of crazy that Will Smith's going to be like in a Netflix television series. And yep. it's like directed by David Ayer. People like that David Ayer. But mm-hmm. people really bang on him now because he directed Suicide Squad. So now he's never made anything good. And this too. So And well, so this uh, has been being just destroyed by critics. Like people are mm-hmm. calling it just like the worst shit in the world. Um, it's like Will Smith. I mean, I th- part of it is like people hate Will Smith now. He's not cool anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to dig his way out of that. Maybe he should start making like good movies. <laughs> like, I, I feel for him though. Cause I feel like he's trying to, but he just makes the wrong decisions all the time. Right. Like he was, he was, uh, he was going to be in Django unchained. Like Quentin Tarantino went to him. He's like, Hey, I wrote this movie for you. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this movie after earth with my son. And yeah. Quentin Tarantino was like, all right, well <laughs> I'll give it to Jamie Foxx then. Yeah, I can see him not having worked that well in that movie either. No, I'm. It's, yeah, I'm glad I guess it went the way. Yeah, it exactly. Saying, I, yeah. I feel like he he makes bad decisions. Yeah, that's all. he he does, doesn't he? He makes bad mm-hmm. decisions. So anyway, um, I have no stake in this bright thing, but what I find fascinating is that so word of mouth on this is like poisonous. Like people are just like, this is crap. But people that I follow on Letterboxd are like still watching it. And then they're like, man, this is really bad. And I'm just like, yeah, it is. I don't mm-hmm. know. So to me, I'm just like, how many people go out of their way to watch bad things? I mean, I've done that before. I mean, I fully yeah. admit that the this mixed reaction that Last Jedi got mm-hmm. has like made me want to go see it more to find out why is that. But at the same time, I'm like, I look at the pile of like movies I've got to watch and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like I really want to see that I know is good. And I'm like, yeah. I, I have no time to watch that. I'm like, I, there's like no impulse in me whatsoever to ever see Bright. But yeah, it's I, a I, bit I, different scale. But uh, mm. yeah. Do you, you know why that movie is doing so bad? Bright? Well, I, I guess there's yeah. no there's no measure of it doing good or bad because it's on Netflix. No, I have an answer. Oh. Do you know why that movie is so poorly received? Why? Because your buddy 
Max Landis wrote that movie. Piece of shit, right? Uh, fucking whatever he calls himself, entitled little shit, Max Landis. Yeah. And I, I can just guarantee you go to his Twitter, and he was, he's probably talking about how Hollywood's not ready for original ideas, and no one wants, and um, the systems against him. He, that's what he says every time one of his movie movies comes out and flops, like fucking uh. God, what are all the horrible movies that that guy's written? Victor Frankenstein, uh, American Ultra. Every time one of that his movies comes out and it does poorly, he blames everyone else because he's a chump. Oh, what is this? What? Uh, supposedly, back in I'm not sure this could be fake news. Yeah. Uh, Max Landis, December eighteenth, twenty fifteen, tweeted, "I've come to slowly realize that Bright, my new script." If made well, could potentially be my Star Wars, and it feels crazy. Fuck, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> what a loser! Um, like he, he's never done anything to warrant all of the cl- the acclaim he gives himself. He's like, I'm so fucking trendy. I got the best ideas. No one's doing anything like what I'm doing. Like what? he wrote a fucking Frankenstein movie. There's literally like a thousand Frankenstein movies. Uh, is Dirk gently him or is that yeah. okay yeah. I'm just skimming through his stuff and uh he's tweeting away I guess he's, he's talking yeah. yeah yeah it seems like I'm not sure if there's any talk about bright on here so far maybe he learned his lesson because there was a huge meltdown a long time ago I can't remember what it was it was for I think it was for American Ultra he he went in and he was crying about how uh critic like because critics didn't like it and it was an original idea and like all this fucking stupid horseshit. I hate that guy. It seems like he's not talking about Bright. <laughs> well, maybe he learned his lesson then. Yeah. Or maybe people don't know his. He's uh, the writer. They see David Ayer and they just assume yeah. he wrote it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Cool beans. All right, RJ. I think that's it. So mm-hmm. hey, folks, don't don't watch Bright. Don't watch bad things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so I guess after the break, uh, we're going to go not looking cups of tea because there'll be dudes staring back at us.
渡る風のようにきらめく雪の白さのように疑いを知らぬ愛を女は求めた<笑>怪しい影に導かれ琵琶の音は死せる魂たちを目覚めさせ炎と水の世界に響く。数々の伝説の中に脈々と生き続けた日本人の人真実はこの混沌の現代へのプロテストとしてここによみがえる階段とは人の心の中にあるのか人の心の外にあるのか人間存在の不条理をえぐり切腹に続いて小林正樹が全世界に激しく問いかける。And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about Kwaidon, directed by Masaki Kobayashi、uh, from 1965. The、uh, tagline for this movie from Letterboxd Bizarre, unearthly, terrifying, a nation's legend, an author's imagination, a director's creation manifest in the superlative Kwaidon. 
And the synopsis, mm. taking its title from an archaic Japanese word meaning ghost story, this anthology adapts four folk tales. A penniless samurai marries for money with tragic results. A man stranded in a blizzard is saved by Yuki the Snow Maiden, but his rescue comes at a cost. Blind music- musician Hoichi is forced to perform for an audience of ghosts. An author relates the story of a samurai who sees another warrior's reflection in his teacup. So, RJ... I watched Quaidon uh, just a couple years ago because I've always heard that it was a big time uh, Japanese horror masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's been given that Criterion Collection rub being in there, um, but mm-hmm. I just it took me a while to get to it. I've seen a lot of the other stuff like Hasu and Onibaba and Chigoku mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, this was like one of the last ones on that list. I was always kind of like uh, put off by the movie's runtime <laughs> because it was like yeah. two hours and forty minutes. And I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Like most, mm-hmm. like most anthologies are like less than that. So what, what what's so special about this one that this one's got to be deeper? I don't know what I've been on about runtimes way too much lately. But yeah, it's uh, a re- it's a real it's bringing the show down, dude. <laughs> I know. Uh, so anyway, uh, when I watched it, whatever a year or two ago. I was kind of like, oh, this is really boring. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is like really, really slowly paced. Um, and so when we started this podcast, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to watch Quiet On again someday. And that day has come. And I was like, hmm, I wonder after watching like all these criterions and my, my palate has become more refined <laughs> and that like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe my, uh, my ability to pay attention to things, my attention span and whatnot has uh, improved. And this will be like a totally different experience. I'll be like, wow, Mm -hmm. what was I thinking? (laughs) Well, this movie is so much better than I remember. Uh, And that didn't happen. Uh Uh, I feel pretty much the exact same way uh, about this. Uh, There's like some stuff of it that I was like, oh yeah, this story. Oh yeah, this story. Oh yeah. yeah, this story. Oh yeah, that one. And that that was about it. And I'd watch it. Um, I would say that even though I I find this a fairly kind of boring, slowly paced movie, it moves mm-hmm. along at a fairly good pace. Like it, I was surprised. Um, I was like kind of like, oh, that didn't actually feel that bad. Like for something, it has a weird feel to it. Like each mm-hmm. each story on its own, I don't think is like super interesting. But uh, it does like it. It wraps up, and uh, I was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't know. I just feel so <laughs> indifferent to this." Um, I don't know. Like, I I love me some uh, Japanese manga comics. I love Japanese mm-hmm. horror stuff in particular. I think that they do a lot of horror stuff way better uh, than mm-hmm. Americans do. Uh, that Junji Ito, Kazu Amuzu, stuff like that. Those guys rock. Uh, and I, I like that J horror. I made an entire list of like 500 and 600 like Japanese horror movies that exist. So I'm like mm-hmm. invested in this stuff, but this is just one where I'm like, Hmm, I, this is a beautiful looking movie. Uh, don't, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. This movie looks pretty great, but there is just something it's really repetitive is kind yeah. of my uh, complaint, but, uh, we can kind of, I'll let you talk about it and we can kind of go into the, cause there's basically it's four episodes Mm-hmm. Uh, of this whole thing, but RJ, what did you think of your first time watch of this? Quite on, quite on, more like quite long. <laughs> yeah, this movie's boring. <laughs> 
it's boring and it, it is it's painfully long um you're you're right uh even though we don't want to talk about run times anymore uh i was really bogged down by this man i checked it like half an hour in and i was like oof <laughs> and then uh i checked it an hour and 20 minutes in and i was like oof did you and then when uh, did you, i checked okay, it at, so at, that's exactly when i checked was at the uh, half one, hour and an one hour, hour one hour 19 it was during the battle yep. scene right yep. Yep. yep that there's something about that where i was like god damn it like mm-hmm. uh, yeah and you realize you're not even halfway through yet and you're just like holy fuck well, well an hour 20 is exactly the halfway mark and i was like okay i feel that's good we're in the third story and we're halfway yeah. through that's all right well i don't know man like because i was watching this i i checked at 30 minutes an hour and 20 and then uh, at 2.10 again, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um, it's long. Uh, it's repetitive. Um, it looks great. I think particularly yeah. the second story. Oh, like yeah. Like the, the snow lady one. We'll that, one is, snow. that one is um, is really, really good. Uh, you could watch that alone and it would be pretty pretty enjoyable. Because like the mix of the snow and then the red skies, like with, the reds and with oranges the, with the, the blue eye, the and the eyes white. in the sky. Yeah, it's awesome. So uh, that one is really good. Um, and I actually like the uh, the first three stories. I think they're pretty cool. I just think they're too drawn drawn out, right? Like, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, the credits are long as hell. That really fucking brought me out of it to start. Yeah, so the opening of this movie, like, can we start talking, we can start breaking this movie down. Because I, I'm, I find it interesting because this movie is actually really well regarded. Like a lot of people that yeah. I follow, they all like rank this quite high. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, do you, do you want me to break it down? Okay, well, uh, why the people are into it? So yeah. but, but the first thing I'll mention out there is like, this is an odd one because I was watching my DVD of this and it's got mm-hmm. an, an inverted criterion collection thing because usually it's like white text on black. Yeah. This one though, it's white with black text over top. And I was like, mm. what the fuck? Like that's like a first in our watching this yeah. stuff. Like I've never seen that before. So that was weird. Um, and then I'm like, oh, hey, it's Toho. Cool. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, then we get like, Five minutes of opening credits of uh, swirly ink uh, in, yeah. in water. And it's like, that looks nice. That's very abstract. Um, mm-hmm. But it tells but- you like every single credit and then it breaks down every single title with all the players of mm-hmm. each substory of that mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So it's like quite paced out. Um, yeah. And then the, 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 the story, the movie starts and you, we have like a narrator who kind of like does like an yeah. introduction to each story, which is like typical. Uh, there's yep. no there's no framing device in this. Uh, it's essentially. I mean, we're talking about a horror anthology. That's what it is. Yep. Um, and yeah, uh, the, the first one up is the black hair. It opens up and it looks beautiful. It's this dark mm-hmm. abandoned home. Uh, but then like. It's so like there's so much narration and like it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you kind of know exactly where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've seen enough samurai stuff to know it's like, oh, this guy's like a scumbag. He's leaving his family behind. <laughs> we all know that's not going to end well for him. Uh, yeah. He dumps he dumps his lady to go move on to better things. He says, well, hey, you should go uh, date a, uh, a richer man than me, and then we'll both be better off. So long. Mm-hmm. Then he moves off. He, he He's somewhat moderately more successful uh, in his other life, but his wife's terrible. <laughs> 
and mm-hmm. it's, it's a shitty relationship. He really regrets uh, leaving his first wife behind, and he decides to go back, and the, the, the place is all run down now, and she's still there looking great, and they, they reconcile seemingly, and he, he says, yeah, I did the wrong thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then they, like, go to sleep, and when he wakes up, She's been dead all along. She's a corpse. And mm-hmm. then and then the title Black Hair starts to attack him. He, Talk about a bad hair day. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, he leaves the house, but the hair gets him and mm-hmm. sucks his soul. So I <laughs> I uh I actually thought the first story was okay. It's just it's too long. Like if this oh, was five so minutes fucking long, man. If it was like I'd... five minutes long, it would probably be a nice short. But uh, it's just, it's too long because it's like, I'm not interested in any of this. So it's, well, it's, yeah, there's not enough in what is being shown to be interesting. Like there's just too much and you're just like, okay, okay. All right. Yep. And it's like, no, oh, no, that's, that was just a really long first story and there's more to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one, like we said, looks really scope. good. Beautiful. Uh, yep. it's, it's lots of, it's all like sets. Um, mm-hmm. but like they're really like beautifully constructed. Like it's like yeah. a, it's a fake snow land that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not illusionary, but it's like, wow, this looks really nice. Like the colors, uh, yep. the audio soundscape in this particular mm-hmm. one is really good. Like the creating of the storm and stuff like that, all the sound effects, they, they all sound fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a story about, uh, two dudes who are traversing a like blizzard. Uh, they wind up in a like cave and uh, they fall asleep, and when one uh, buddy wakes up, he sees uh, his his uh, friend is like frozen to death, and there is a white woman in in like blue drabs who are like who's like sucking his soul out, lots mm-hmm. of souls being sucked. Yeah, um, and she decides to spare him because he's young, and mm-hmm. they make she makes a deal. It's like. All right, you can continue living your life, but if you ever tell anybody about this, I will know, and I'll come and kill you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I." So he he goes back. He goes back home. He's like, <laughs> "Is that is that a quote?" I. Yes, I. That that is the Japanese. I. Mm-hmm. Um. So he goes there. Uh. This this girl rolls rolls through the the village, and they hit it off. They get mm-hmm. they get married. They have kids. Uh. Mm-hmm. Everything's going swell. But then one night, Buddy starts just talking about that night that he got spared by this weird lady in white. And it turns out that the woman he's married is the lady in white. And she's mm-hmm. very... But of course, now she's conflicted because she's held had this whole relationship with this guy and had children <laughs> with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's funny about this is in the Tales from the Dark Side movie, there mm-hmm. is a story that is a complete rip off of this called lover's vow uh but they yeah. do they do it with a gargoyle <laughs> a gargoyle yes uh it's, it's it's like the it, no it's actually kind of like if you think about like gargoyles in movies there's actually not a lot of like gargoyles uh in this but it's yeah actually, but it's like definitely it was like the best story in that short as well mm-hmm. um because like the effects in it are quite neat uh and but it does a better job of like, because it's also set con- like in a contemporary world. It's not like mm-hmm. a uh, medieval Japanese story where you're like, oh, everything's kind of alien and strange here, rather than like, oh, this is like New York City, like or like yeah. con- whatever. Um, and then apparently, one thing I was reading is that this was the story that when this was uh, being shown in the U.S. back in the '60s, this one got cut. 
This is the one they they took out Why? of it. I know. I don't know. They could have literally taken out any of the other three, and it would have been better. Yeah. The first or the last one, take either of those ones oh, out. I disagree about the last one. I, I think that that's actually my favorite. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there. So, yeah, Woman in the Snow is, like, definitely, the, like, visually is, like, the best one. But yeah. it's also slow, and it's, like, these everything could have just been tightened up but i don't know mm-hmm. maybe we were just missing out on the lyrical editing and storytelling of masaki kobayashi rj <laughs> isn't that couldn't you say that that's always where we fail we, we miss out yeah yeah uh mm-hmm. so story number three uh hoichi the earless uh this so this is the one where the poster comes from with the, yep. ma- the tattooed faced man uh, it's like, what's the deal with that? So mm-hmm. this opens up with just like the most endless battle sequence. Oh God! It is just like I don't know what's going on. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the and what and it's all again. It's on a set, so it's on a sound set, and like there's there's no trying to make an illusion of a battle scene. Like it's very stylized, yeah. very theatrical. That's fine, but it is long. Mm-hmm. Um, the only highlight of it, my note about this was the blowing smoke in front of the illustrations of the battle uh, that this would be like referencing is very Wes Anderson-y. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. But other than yeah. that, it's just like this. Oh, it's so long. And mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, a guy gets shot in the face with an arrow. <laughs> that, that was all right. Um, yeah. But... I, I, I'm I, my note is pretty whatever. <laughs> so this is when I checked the runtime and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, at least we're halfway through. Yeah, this is the longest of the three of the four stories. Yeah, uh, the battle intro is painfully long. It, it really is because like it's the thing. It's the it's the whole trade off. Like that third story is like this entire movie. It looks like. There's some scenes that look really good, yeah. and there's a couple cool ideas, but it's so drawn out that um, it really takes you out of it. Because uh, like, there's a couple scenes in the battle that look really nice, but it's just so long, and you're like, you want it to like move on to the next thing. And then the stuff with the uh, the blind musician, like, it's kind of cool, but it takes a while to get where it's going, and you're like, okay. <laughs> And then uh, it's got some cool ghost effects uh, when uh, his whole body's tattooed, so he's invisible to the ghost, but not his ears. Yeah. And you're like, oh, cool, look, he's see-through, but not his ears. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I thought it was pretty crazy that the ghost was just like, fuck you. He's like, you don't want to be our, you don't want to play music for us anymore? So he just rips his ears mm-hmm. off. It's a real prick move, mm-hmm. you ask me. Uh, real unfriendly ghosts. And But then it ends, basically. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> you're like, it had a couple cool sequences, and, but and, uh, then, and then there's another like march of ghosts coming. Yeah, and, and, and then there's more of that, and then like even more of him singing about that original battle. So, so many, and you're just so many songs, Japanese so songs, songs. And processions. <laughs> just like, yeah. Oh man, which, yeah. Which is like so like that's what I mean. I think this one is you get the a feel for the whole movie as a or like the whole movie. Because it's like cool parts, looks great, too long, kind of boring. I wish it was over. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we're talking about the fourth one now. Yeah. You it, said it was it, your it, favorite. In a cup to yep, this one I feel was my favorite of the four. Uh, I'm just gonna leave. I, I will just mention that uh, I, I, I 
legit probably fell asleep watching uh, the earless one. <laughs> like I, yeah. I, I dozed off, and I was like, "Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. okay. I'm not. I don't feel too bad about yeah. it. Like I just that it, it's so low ambient sound, and like nothing's talking, nothing's happening. And I was just like, it's bedtime. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, exactly. And, so, and, and maybe when I watched in a cup of tea, I was like well rested, and I was like, yeah, this, this is this is more like it. I like this. Uh, but go ahead. I was gonna just say, um, until until you brought up the cup of tea thing, I was actually I totally forgot what the fourth story was. I only watched this two days ago, and because I have no notes on it, no. I have hardly any notes at all. But like, I. Uh, I was waiting for you to say what it was because I was like, I honest to God don't remember what the last story was. And I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a mark on that story itself Mm -hmm. or that I just watched like two and a half hours of other long, boring stuff. Mm -hmm. But by the time the fourth story came, I was so checked out that like I was, I wasn't even on my phone or anything like that. I was just lying on the couch with my fucking head (laughs) up in the air. And I was just like, I I was like, how much longer is left? 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was honestly just, I was staring at like the fucking ceiling for like 20 minutes. Just like, yeah. is, I was like, I, I can say that I watched it because yeah. I was in the room while it was playing. <laughs> but uh, like, and I occasionally I would like watch the screen and then it was just like that guy making the really sassy face in the tea. And I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> oh, I was, I was totally checked out by the time the fourth story started. Yeah. Um, yeah so ch- sassy faced man in the thing. Yeah. So this is a story about. I guess like he's, I, I'm not. He's not a lord. He's kind of like a, like the head of the security of this house, like a, of a royal royalty's house. And this guy, he like he's opened up his like his little jar of tea to take a drink. Mm-hmm. But when he looks at it, there's a guy staring at him, like mm-hmm. out, of, out, of, out of the reflection. It's not his reflection. It's this guy. And you're like, huh, yeah, that's weird. So the guy closes it. And he's like, ugh. And he like, mm-hmm. oh, opens it again, and this guy's like just staring at him. And it's like, well, that's really weird. He dumps the mm-hmm. water out. He's like, oh, maybe there's something in the water. <laughs> uh, and so he, he goes and gets himself another uh, cup. He looks down at it. Yeah. And now the guy's like a little closer looking him in the face. And he's like, it's, it's like a weird smirky face, but it's also a really creepy side smile. And you're just like, mm-hmm. hmm, well, that's, that's really odd. Uh, that's not yeah. normal. But this buddy here. He makes a made he makes a mistake. He takes a drink. He's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just drink the water anyway." Yeah. It's like that. You just don't drink ghost water, dude. Um, yeah. Everybody fucking knows that. Yeah. Like, like come on. Come so on. from this point forward, uh, it's all downhill for our protagonist here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is now being haunted by this guy whose face he saw in the tea. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like this ghost tea man. He's not happy about what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like attempted sword fights, but it's not going well because you can't sword fight a ghost sometimes. But sometimes, but so he accidentally like actually does injure this ghost guy, mm-hmm. uh, and he like kind of disappears off. He starts running around the castle saying, "I just I just stabbed a guy. He broke in, and like we got to catch him." Uh, but of course, they're like, what are you talking about? There's like nobody here. Nobody got in. There's no blood. You're out of your uh-huh. mind. What is up? What is up with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one's also got the belly rubs. Like he's like laying on his side, and uh, <laughs> and his like his late his like woman's just like rubbing his side. Which oh I, yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Uh, there's also uh, what kind of happens from there? So they're all kind of like, well, that guy's going crazy. 
Yeah. And then, of course, he's visited that night by three dudes who show up in like primary colors, red, yellow, mm-hmm. uh, blue. Um, and yep. they're uh, the Stab T-Man's like dudes, his entourage. guard. His entourage he sends on saying, hey, in a month, he's coming back. He's going to finish the job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, fuck you guys. And we get a, like, a fairly prolonged like sequence of him trying to kill these three ghosts. And yeah. as pointed out, it's quite difficult to kill ghosts. Ghosts. Um, we even yeah. get kind of like a weird uh, kind of like callback to swing time because there's a scene where uh, <laughs> the guy's in the foreground and there's the three shadows behind him. And they keep like, yeah. kind of like moving in and out while he's trying to strike them and attack them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then before... Before anything can happen, we kind of cut away from that story and we get to the author who is writing about this story. And he's mm-hmm. trying to like figure out how do I end this story? And like, and so he's, and so he, so he, so he's drinking tea uh-huh. and he's just like, hmm, like there's like, I could end this like in a conventional way. Like, where do you go? Do you just tell it where like the guy shows up at the end of the month, like the go say or do something else? And he's trying to like think about where he could go with it. Um, yeah. but then there's like, there's like this big jar, this big pot of water in this room that he's writing in and you're like, Oh, what's going to, what's going to happen? What's going to be the, the big twist? And, mm-hmm. uh, eventually, uh, writer man opens up his, this pot and they're like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. And it's like, well, what, what's actually in there? And then he looks down <gasps> and it's like, I don't know. This like weird old man is in the water looking out. <laughs> and, How old? I don't know. He's looked. I mean, he's probably a young guy made to look old, but he's like a fifty-year-old man, which I guess in the sixties might, might as well make you like eighty. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just staring out, and he kind of reaches toward the audience, and that's kind of the end. Um, yep. So what I liked about In a Cup of Tea is that the actual the pacing this whole movie has is so much better suited to this story. Like, cause mm-hmm. it's a low key story about an inanimate object. It's like a cup of tea. So there's yep. not, there's like no, like you don't have to do anything simple. It's kind of like my favorite type of like horror story stuff where it's like, you know, the writer's process was one day he was looking at a cup of tea and he just was like drinking out of it and he saw his own reflection. He's like, Hmm, mm-hmm. what if I saw someone else's reflection? Someone in else. It? And then he just yep. worked and then he just worked backwards from there. Like that's kind of like where the whole idea came from and there's no morality to it there's like no like big payoffs to this idea it's just like what if like something just showed up in your cup of coffee and it's like kind of the better stuff of like j-horror where it's like oh what if you're like watching a videotape and there was like a ghost that came on it and it came through your tv it's like super simple low-key kind of thought like thought process but it it also is sometimes the low-key non-high concept stuff is sometimes the best the best and so, so i felt that like the pacing really worked for this type of story. But the fact that mm-hmm. we've seen that pacing applied to every single story and every single story feels the exact same way. None of them feel different. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just what bogs this down so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like listening to you talk about the T1, it's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But it's like I was saying, I was just, well, I was so like, uninterested over anymore. Two, two hours in, I can definitely yeah. see one. Like, so I was thinking too, I'm like, hmm, what would be ways to like solve this movie's problems? And it's like, maybe it's like the, the order of the stories too. Like maybe it's yeah. like, I don't know though. <laughs> order of the stories and like, maybe, I don't know. 
cut out like 20 minutes, guys. It doesn't need to be that long. Do, do, do a little, cut out some excess. Yeah. Some, some some of these the, things that you have in there, it's just yeah. like, what was the point of that? The um, first one, you could cut out 10 minutes. The second one, you could cut out 10 minutes. The third one, you could cut out like 20 that battle sequence is like so goddamn long. Yeah. It's like, it's like what, half what, an hour what is this, long. Alexander Nevsky? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but that battle was cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm on the same page with you, man. Uh, I don't know. Maybe people like it because it looks really good. I, sure. Like, but I, it's just like not, uh, the best. Not very interesting. Not, not the best th- time you could spend. Uh, okay. so I don't know. Maybe what should I do? Should I read uh, who hates this or who loves this or maybe both? Why don't we, why don't we do one like do one okay. of each? You know? Okay, well, okay, we got here a uh, half a star from Andrew Greger, insanely mind-numbingly boring. Uh-huh. Unless you are super into Japanese folklore or painfully slow movies, skip this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of well. I, I don't hate this movie. It's like kind of like it's got like merit. But it's just like I would not. I don't want to watch this ever again. Um, yeah, me neither. Blue Void gave this one and a half star. A lot of people are enamored by the visual style of this film. It didn't work for me. It is a stylized studio set, which doesn't look bad, but doesn't lend itself to the material either. It's overly long and moves at a glacial pace. Uh, this is a whole lot of nothing going on. It was a little mm-hmm. painful. Um, well, I wouldn't call it painful, and I don't think it was like the sets that necessarily are a problem. It's just the the feel of everything felt the same. Yeah, I thought the set like that was probably like one of the things I actually liked yeah. was like some of the sets. So yes, yeah, absolutely. Some of the yeah, like the yeah. the production stuff like is this... like it looks great. Like I love the look of it. Like the that house, the manor in the first house. Uh, the all like the outdoor sets and the blizzard, and then like actually we didn't talk mm-hmm. about it in the second story too. There's like um where they cut from like winter to summer and you get those beautiful yeah. like uh, horizon shots of like him just like standing in profile. That stuff is yeah. like fantastic. It looks so good. But yeah, I, the pacing, just everything feels like identical. Uh, so some, mm-hmm. some five star reviews for uh, quite on uh, Kyler five stars, fucking peak cinema. <laughs> what, what peak peak. Uh, yeah. Wizard Master gave it five oh, stars. Watched it this uh, October. Visceral and poetic. This is pure cinema. Like so many other is films that... by Misaki Kobayashi, it is art. He is always in complete control. Our senses are rattled by the striking designs, ghostly mm-hmm. camera work, and top-class sound design music that distorts, crashes, and tingles, uncontrollably bleeding into each story like the falling Ew. snow, rain, crashing seas, and rolling fog that surrounds and obscures. Quidon lingers in the mind like a ghost lost by time. Come on, dude. This guy's a little too hot on himself, I think. Uh, that's kind of the dangers of letterboxed uh, writing, his, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Uh, five stars. If you try and stab a ghost, then you try and stab the three ghosts that take its place. You don't even want to know what happens after that. Ooh, you nice, dude. Yeah. Uh, five stars. A meticulous, awe-inspiring masterpiece. I can't believe the perfection and scope of what Kobayashi captures here. The third segment, Hoichi the Earless, has sequences that may among may be among the most stunning achievements in all of film. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
Uh, Jimmy, five stars. Artful prestige pictures are not what comes to mind at the mention of horror anthologies, but Masaki Kobayashi's Kwaidon is nothing short of magnificent, a truly masterful work. There are so many memorable images, a samurai waking up next to his ex-wife's corpse, a snow witch whispering a mm. promise of death, a nautical Bushido battle, a blind uh, Biwa player covered in a protective sutra, a samurai fighting ghosts with a spear. <laughs> All of these compositions are rendered in painterly brushstrokes. The unsettling choice to frequently remove all diegetic sound is frequently made, particularly during action scenes, with only this, a, a sparse score plunking and twanging occasionally. The effect is jarring and oddly tense. I felt myself drawn into the images of fights and flights while the music provided a satisfying arrhythmia. <laughs> Ew. So I have a really hard time um, taking any of these people seriously that are like, it is like perfect cinema peak cinema when you watch that first story and there's literally just hair being thrown off screen onto a guy's head you're just like <laughs> it's like yeah that's master class cinema right there guys yeah all right so so i gotta mention though so uh, masaki kobayashi uh he's got some movies that we'll be watching uh in the criterion collection mm-hmm. uh one of the movies he directed was a little film called uh, harakiri which is oh, yeah. like one of the one of like all time best movies I've seen I think ever like legit yeah. it's awesome it's a incredible piece of movie making so yeah. he's not bad it's just this Ooh, movie yeah. just doesn't feel right um, he also directed that that the human condition which is like three gigantic long movies mm-hmm. uh, there's I think it's about World War Two or like the life of like it's like a Japanese epic it's like set between like term post world war two and it's yeah. also like highly regarded but we'll see how that plays out and he also he directed another samurai movie called samurai rebellion uh which has got that old tashiro mm. mifune and i've heard Ooh. very good things about it too but i have also heard really good things about quiet on so i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. well you know what man you can't win them all is he it, may have made some all-time bangers but is it us that we can't win them all no, is it us, or is it, or, or is it the children? What? <laughs> that, that, that don't like this movie. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what happened just now. I I'm completely lost. <laughs> I'm just going off topic. I'm like, so is it us, or is it the children that are wrong? It's the children, man, we're never wrong, except for that time that you thought uh, Oliver Twist was better than Great Expectations. Man, that's the only time you've a, ever been wrong. That is a deep cut. Mm-hmm. I stand alone on that too. So um, good. <laughs> it's, it's a fact, though. It's a fact. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. After the break, we're going to start celebrating Christmas, and uh, hopefully, not run into any like North American ghosts. They're more violent what? and weird. More sexual. Yeah. 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 Stripper ghosts. Mm hmm. Last night, my kisses were banked in black hair. In my bed, my lover, her hair was midnight black 
solemn mystery dwelled within her black hair. And her black hair framed a happy heart-shaped face. So, RJ, how many uh, copies of Quiedon have you ordered for yourself and your family this Christmas holiday? Uh, I got two for each. So it's just like, because if you're going to burn out the first one because you watch it so much, right? So you need to have a backup. It it makes for a great sleep aid. (laughs) You can email us at... Quiet. More like quite long. <laughs> you can email us at criteriancruise at gmail.com and uh, wish us a Merry Christmas. Um, you can still get your best films of the year list into us. Uh, Oliver has already. We'll read that next week. Nice. We do that blob. Um, and hey, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Uh, we got that Patreon still going. Um, that money's gonna be flowing any day now mm-hmm. any day and we're on soundcloud stitcher itunes all that good stuff still throwing up those uh edited down episodes on the youtube mm-hmm. uh that's died right out though there was like a big boom oh yeah and then it's like nothing <laughs> it's fine though uh it's for when people who want to listen to podcasts on youtube whoever they are whoever they are and hey, RJ, next week after yeah. Christmas shit, uh, spine number 91, we got ourselves The Blob. Nice. 1958, directed by some dude. It don't matter. Irvin S. Yeworth Jr. It's too long of a name. No. Uh, are we going to watch Beware The Blob from 1972? Sure. Okay, and then well, of course <laughs> we'll be wa- we'll be rewatching that 1988 vlog because that one movie of the, rocks. One of the finest horror movies ever made, I think. Uh, it's a special effects extravaganza. Mm-hmm. I like saying extravaganza. No, I don't. I do. I don't like that. Well, I'll, be, I'll say it enough for both of us. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think uh, mm-hmm. RJ's got some running around to do. Yeah, this I, time without you. Good bogging me down excellent good night bye good luck <laughs>